Hey there. Welcome to the Living Fear Free Podcast, and I am Dee Price, the host of these particular podcasts on the fact that you have a blood-bought right to live fear-free. I want to thank you for tuning in to episode 24 in our 30-episode series. So in the last podcast, we began exploring the fact that Psalm 91 lists nine demonic things that those who dwell in the secret place are protected from. There's the snare of the fowler, perilous pestilence, terror by night, arrows by day, pestilence that walks in darkness, and as a side note, pestilence is mentioned twice, the destruction that lays waste at noonday, then there's the lion and the cobra and the serpent, that's nine. I've discussed each one of these in previous podcasts, so I'm not going through all of them again. I do want to continue because all of these weapons, along with many, many more, were designed by Satan to bring fear into our lives. In this podcast, I want to look at Isaiah 54, but to do that, I have to say a few things about Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 talks about the crucifixion of Jesus, and in verses 3 through 5, the Passion Translation reads like this, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of deep sorrows, who was no stranger to suffering and grief. We hid our faces from him in disgust, and considered him a nobody not worthy of respect. Yet he was the one who carried our sicknesses and endured the torment of our sufferings. We viewed him as one who was being punished for something he himself had done, as one who was struck down by God and brought low. But it was because of our rebellious deeds that he was pierced, and because of our sins that he was crushed. He endured the punishment that made us completely whole, and in his wounding we found our healing. I wanted to start there because it's the reason God has promised to redeem us, because Jesus paid the price for the sins and disobedience for the whole world. The thing is, even though Jesus paid the price, if we don't accept the gift, we don't get it. We get to keep our fears if we don't accept the gift. And we get to keep our fears if we don't know that there's a gift to accept. On the cross, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The fact is, if God had not forsaken Jesus, he would have had to forsake you and I. Reading from the latter part of verse 7 of Isaiah 54, it's written like this. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. With a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. For this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be angry with you, nor rebuke you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. You and I have a covenant of peace, sworn to by the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Our covenant of peace is the peace of Jesus himself. And we will take a look at that in a moment. Verse 13 goes on to say, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. I take this promise for my children all the time. I confess this promise for my children. God has promised, All my children, all your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. But as I said, if you do not receive the gift, you don't get it. Verse 14 says, in righteousness, you shall be established. Well, 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
It reads, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Again, verse 14, in righteousness you shall be established. So because Christ Jesus has already come, you're already established in righteousness right now. Not tomorrow, not next year, not after you've been a very, very good person. You are established in righteousness right now if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It goes on to read, you shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. Fear brings with it oppression from the enemy. It goes on to say, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. In Christ Jesus, terror shall not come near you. But as with anything that the devil tries to give you, you have the right to take it if that's what you want. Verse 15 of Isaiah 54 says, Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. So what's he talking about? He's talking about oppression. He's talking about fear. He's talking about terror. He said, terror shall not come near you. He said, indeed, all of these things shall surely assemble, but not because of him. He says, whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. If you know who you are in Christ, if you know what you've been given, these things will fall for your sake. He goes on to say in verse 16, Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coal in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. Because God created these things, he says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon. No weapon. Fear is a weapon. Depression is a weapon. Poverty is a weapon. Sickness and disease are weapons. Anything sent to steal, kill, and destroy from Satan's camp is considered a weapon. Yet God says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He goes on to say, And every tongue which rises up against you in judgment you shall condemn. Well, how do you condemn it? By speaking what God has already spoken. He says, This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Your righteousness is from God your Father. It's given to you as a gift. Romans 5.17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Who was the one man that committed the offense? It was Adam. Death reigned through Adam. But Paul says, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. The Passion Translation says it like this. Death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our real freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus the Messiah? You have to receive abundance of grace. The Passion Translation says, Death once held us in its grip. And by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness and the one and only Jesus the Messiah? You have to receive abundance of grace. You have to receive the gift of righteousness. And only those who do will reign in life through Jesus Christ. 
These weapons that have been formed and are manifesting in your life did not come from God. It's a religious belief that all things come from God. Well, no, they don't. He's not in the death business. He's not in the business of killing our family and friends. He's not in the business of giving people cancer to teach them something. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It's time we learn exactly what it is that God has given us and stop accepting just any old thing that comes our way. I said that I would read to you John 14, uh, verses 25 through 27, regarding the peace you and I have been given. Jesus was telling his disciples that he was going away, but he was assuring them that he was not going to leave them orphaned. He started in verse 25 saying, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let me also read this to you out of the Amplified Translation. Verse 26 says, But the Comforter, Counselor, Helper, Intercessor, Advocate, Strengthener, Standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things, and he will cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. He then went on to say, Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed, and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. So why was God saying that you will not fear when these things come? Because first of all, he didn't send them. If he didn't send them, they're not his will for you. Second, he left you the peace of Jesus to calm your heart through any storm that he's walking you through, that he's walking you through, because he has promised to deliver you. Actually, he already has delivered you. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. And on that note, so am I, as far as this podcast is concerned. Join me next time as we look closer at the role of the Holy Spirit as a weapon sent by God to walk us through this life. Until then, this is Dee Price reminding you that you have a blood-bought right to live fear-free. Bye.